Hello, this is Tony Jackson. Welcome back to segment two of Hashtag Road to Success. As I was talking about on segment one, when I was giving you a debut into the world of Road to Success, excuse me, Hashtag Road to Success, you know, everybody thinks on their journey that they had it too hard. They blame it on their childhood. They blame it on their parents. They blame it on the neighborhood. They blame it on the environment. On Hashtag Road to Success, you got to remember, you have to deal with the hand that's dealt to you in life. And I'm a firm believer that the road that we are was predestined for us to make it. It builds us because the character has to come from the inside. The drive, it has to come from the hard experiences that we do in our life. For instance, I was born into a middle-class neighborhood. It looked perfect on the outside. But on the inside, I lived with a very physically abusive father on the outside, he worked it hard. We we didn't have to use a uh, lunch card. You know, we got to go to the stores and buy our clothes for the seasons. Looks perfect on the outside. Perfect family, but it wasn't. My father beat us regularly to the point he was so bad that he used to make me take my clothes off and beat me with an extension cord every night when he got home at 12 o'clock a.m. just because that's how it was. It got so bad that when he was coming home, I would literally urinate on myself because I was scared that he was coming. And when you know the path that God had me on, to get away from such a horrendous life, I used to read 100 pages, 10 pages of book every, every day just to get away from it. He used to ground me for six months at a time. Downstairs, you'd smell pork chops frying, smothered potatoes, fried chicken, you know, smother this, smother that, and the most perfect desserts. But even though I was a straight-A student, any little thing that I did in school, any little thing that I did in life, he would use that as, as an opportunity to give me a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. So he mentally broke me down and he physically abused me. But you know what I did? I followed the path that God had for me. Sometimes it comes from instinct. There is a poem, it's called Footprints. It says, I thought I was carrying myself the whole time because I only saw one set of footprints. It was God that was carrying me. And when the journal star came out with these reading lists for a spelling bee, I would just pour over them just to escape mentally inside from the horrendous life that I lived. I went on in the fourth grade to beat every child that was into the eighth grade, the seventh grade, the sixth grade, fifth grade, which in that time in 1979, that was unheard of because it kind of, according to a hierarchy, how old you were, how well you did. Fifth grade, I did the same thing again. I was going to these meets all over the city, winning them, and I always was in a newspaper. Seventh grade, I did the same thing. You know, always winning, doing better everybody because I got to within myself. I didn't do this because I planned it. I did it because that was a path that God has set for me. You said, what does that have to do with anything? The, the hand that life dealt me was horrendous. So people who sit back and say, oh God, I had such a horrible life. They did have a horrible life. I had a horrible life. But if you follow the path that's in front of you, then God's gonna lead you to the right direction. How did that play out? <clears throat> I was put into foster care when I was seventh grade. And when I did that, I still kept on. I graduated and you know, even though it wasn't family filled, it's still in sight. I made friends with teachers who along the way at lunchtime, they used to take me out for lunch every day. 
They didn't do it because they felt sorry for me. They did it because they thought that I was a child prodigy, because they thought I was so smart. No, to escape the life that I was in, I had to use that as an opportunity to read over and over and over again, which I enhanced my vocabulary. And on that path, on that road to success, it played out. Because I never saw school again at the end of that seventh grade year. They gave me a diploma saying I was going to be the most successful student. But I think they did that out of sympathy because I really never really finished the eighth grade. DCFS, Department of Children and Family Services, they stuck me into a high school in my freshman year. Even back then, they had no child left behind. And, you know, I didn't make it even two weeks because I had so much anger from everything that was went on my life that eventually I ended up sleeping in the streets. And I'm talking about sleeping in the streets when I was nine years old, eight years old, seven years old, running away all the time from every foster home. You know, I remember there was a dog named Poker that had a dog house. I had made friends with in the alley, a block from where I was my my original home, but running away from a foster home that they had put me into. I would crawl into this dog house every night, climb up there in a the hay and straw that his owners had so much compassion for him. And I was sleeping and I would get up early in the morning at five o'clock and I would drag myself to the school. Even though the teachers of school knew what was going on in my life, that I was supposed to be in foster care that I was running around without any adult supervision, people kind of turned their head. Because back in those days, people didn't want to get in it, didn't want to interfere with other people's families. So I had to get with it myself. On a hashtag road to success, it didn't seem like success at that time. I'll tell you, along the way, I met a boxing coach. And when I went to a boxing gym, when I was just a mere 10 years old, no one gave me the time of day because all the boys came down there with their fathers, their parents, and they supported them. They supplied the concessions, and they went there with them. And, you know, every night the boys would get a ride home. I would run all the way like I was going to a home, but really I was going to sleep on the side of a building. I had found abandoned homes that were in alleys that I used to sneak through their side doors because I figured out which ones had side doors. I would go down there and I would sleep. I found a job working for a, a local newspaper. I would go to the corner and pick up newspapers that were being dropped off in bundles. And I would put those in a bag and I would go around slinging papers at 5 o'clock in the morning using my charm because when I wrote a success, God gave me an innate ability in order to be have a warm personality in order to meet people. Those people would give me tips and everybody let me have my dignity, which I respected that. What does this have to do with the hashtag road to success? I was always on my road. I didn't think I was on my road, but I was on my road because it built something inside of me, a strength of character, ability to be independent, to go out there to get and succeed at whatever I was doing. You know, so when people said back to the, oh, I had a horrible childhood. Oh, both my parents didn't support me. My dad worked too much. Oh, we had a lot of kids in our house and I didn't get this prima donna treatment. Well, guess what? When I got paid from working those jobs, Slinging papers, cutting grass, mowing, uh, shoveling snow in driveways. And back in 1978-79 in Illinois, we were getting record snowfalls of 24, 26 inches of snow. Did that stop me from doing it? No. I did what I had to do. But I shook people's hand. I made friends with them. I learned that from reading those books about how kids were polite. And, you know, I went my whole entire life like that. So when I was in a boxing gym, as I was saying, my boxing coach, who had been a former professional athlete, 
out of California. He said, I, I will not only make you a champion in the ring, I will make you a champion in life. So every day I would get up at 3.30, 4.30, because I was 16 by this time. I would run down. No, actually, I was like 15. I would run down to his house, and I would run from his house. He didn't come out and run with me. He forced me to be on the road of success by myself. He told me what to do, and I did it. I would run up and down hills. I would run 10 miles every day. Then I would get up and go to school with the same dirty clothes I had on the day before. Nobody stepped up and said, hey, this kid's in trouble. He needs help. It was like my road to success at that time. It was the road to hell. But, you know, I kept on going. I kept on going. And by the time I turned 18, I had turned pro. I didn't know what to do, so I went to a local gas station, and I picked out a map because I had got a financial settlement when we had got into a car wreck. I was, and the, the woman I was with at the time, she said, wherever this finger lands at, wherever our fingers land at, excuse me, wherever our finger lands at is on this map, that's where we're going to go. It landed in, of course, Davenport, Iowa, up in the Quad Cities. So we took her at the time, my three kids, a pit bull, a full-grown standard poodle, and myself and her, and she was pregnant. We jumped into a two-door Cadillac Eldorado, which was a 84, and we drove to the Quad Cities. We found a home in Rock Island. And you know what? It's funny because the gym was across this bridge going from the Quad Cities to Davenport. I remember she jumped out the car, and she said, we didn't come this far for you to turn around. So she walked into the gym, which at that time, I don't know, it was world champion, Michael Sangington Nun Nun. It was his gym. And another guy, Antoine Echols, he was an up-and-coming middleweight, and he beat everybody with one-punch knockouts. And you know what? She came back downstairs a minute later, said all these guys were waiting for me to come up because she told them not to beat anybody in their gym. Oh, my goodness, what was I going to do? But, see, I had been prepared because there's a saying in the Bible, goes, one sows it, one waters it, and one cultivates it. That being said, I got out the car, scared to death, but I had a pair of trusty gloves that I had since I was 11 years old. The ones that by the time I got there, it was nice and warm, and it became part of my body. So I walked in there. I was comfortable. I got in the ring, and you know what? After that first punch, ding, ding, ding. I became that guy that had been trained by that professional boxing coach for all those years who had trained me to, to be a human machine. And I beat their first two fighters hands down, but I didn't do it in a way where I ran at them. I did it with skill and pre precision. They was like, well, who is this guy? He walked out of nowhere. We thought this was a joke because as I was walking up the stair, all these guys were leaning out this window because it was above a firehouse. They were Mexican, they were black, they were white. The coach name was Al Alvino, and he the one who trained all the world champions. And after that, they let me train in their gym because, see, that hashtag road to success, I had been prepared on my journey my whole entire life. It made me strong. It made me independent. That goes to where I was going out, and I was slinging on papers. I was cutting grass. I was shoveling snow. I was shaking people's hands. And guess what? When I met him, I shook his hand, and he, I didn't need anybody to lead me around by the nose in a gym. What I did was reach inside myself and become who I really was. So 
the first boxing match came along, and I got to be a guest because Michael second to none invited me to spar him the day before his match. That's what I mean by the first boxing match because that's when I fought a pro, a real pro, a pro who was three-time world middleweight champion. And you know what? It's weird because when you see people on TV, they look nothing like how they look in real life. They got on headgear. They got on heavier clothes. They don't have their shirts off. They don't have their face exposed. So I didn't have any idea who he was. But all those years of being independent, all that pain that I felt on the inside, all that pain, my, my boxing coach, his name is Will Harris, he had taught me to use that pain, to, to use it through my skills, which was a precision left jab, to turn my right over, hand over. And he said, your body will always dictate your pace and tell you what to do. That on the hashtag road to success is how you're successful. Your body is a computer. It will tell you what to do in this situation, but you have to learn the program. My program was learned by the hard life that I took upon. And I'll tell you, the proudest moment was when I was laying in a hotel room, sitting there, and my wife at the time, she came, and she said, you're not going to bleed, you're not going to bleed. I said, what? She said, you're in a newspaper. I like in a newspaper for what? That guy, Michael Nunn, had said that Tony Jackson, with his quick hands and fast feet, was one of his greatest allies in his sparring preparing for that fight. Wow, all those years, all the hurt and the pain that my father inflicted upon me, all the long time of being by myself running down those roads. When I got into a real pro gym, I was in top condition. My mind was prepared to take on any battle because I feared no man. I feared no pain. Pain is what I knew best. Pain was my best friend. And I'll tell you after that, unfortunately, the bad ways I learned into the streets, which is get out there in the street hustle because the streets, it became my family going through that running away, that foster care system. The little bit of fame I got that time, I used it for the bad. The last thing that box coach had told me, Will Harris, was the gift of gab that you have, that talent that God gave you, you're using it bad because I was out there pimping women, taking advantage of them, taking all their money. I'm talking about girls 15 and 16 years old. I was out there convincing them to go and get their parents' money. But that's what life had taught me. It was every man for himself. And you know what? I became my own worst enemy. That's what some of us don't realize. On that road to success, it's not anybody else's fault. It's our own fault for not choosing the right thing. See, because as human beings, we have the right to know right from wrong. If we choose not to do right, it's not anybody else's fault. It's our fault. This is the most valuable lesson I can tell anybody, except responsibility for your action. That's how you will change things. So after that, things fell apart and rock on it. But I had to got a taste of that sweet fruit. I got a taste of what it was like to be somebody. So I was able to shake them streets. And the weirdest thing about that story is I owed a drug dealer a lot of money in that town. And he was expecting to get paid. So I tricked him. I had the girl at the time take him to her work saying she had to get paid because he said, I want my money today else he was going to murder me. And you know what she did? She told me she had to run in. She had to drop him off actually at the corner and she would be right back and she got a check. But we had a predestined plan. She came back. She picked me and the three kids and them dogs up and we jumped in and we headed off. This time we headed down to Louisville, Kentucky because I was on a mission I was on a road to success, and one thing I learned about that path that I've been on, if you screw up and make a mistake, 
You don't go crying about it. You do something about it. And when I got down there again, I walked to the next gym where they hit their own champion. And they were laughing, talking about, oh, we don't know him. He's 32 years old. He's too old. Oh, there's nothing he can do here. And I went in there and just worked out, not trying to show off, not trying to get anybody to pay attention to me, but doing what I have been using as my outlet. What was the key that God had put on my road to success? And they were like, wow, where did you come from? Where did you learn those skills? Like, we've never seen anything like you. But they had their own champions in the gym. And they told me, we have our own champion in the gym. Man, if you came along earlier in life, man, we could have took you places, but we have a program already set up. Was that a disappointment? Of course it was a disappointment. So the next place I took off for was Charleston, South Carolina. When I got down to Charleston, all on the outside, it looked just so beautiful. I saw the Atlantic Ocean for the first time. See, on a road to success. God had taught me how to go out to always find a way, to always reach inside of myself, to always make a way. Don't, because things don't work right, don't give up. Every day I would go out, because we had a car, remember, with the kids. But before we found a place, we stopped at a rest stop, 60 miles outside of the city of Charleston. And you get up, we would take showers inside of the rest stop areas. We would take the dogs out. I mean, the animals out and let them uh, relieve themselves. But did that mean that we was failing? No, that means I was accomplishing a dream. Just like when I was getting up early morning slinging them newspapers. Just like when I was getting up knocking on people's doors saying, can I shovel that 24, 26 inches of snow when I was 7, 8, 9, and 10 years old? And them people was giving me 10 and 15 and 20 dollars. It was a world. I learned to save money. I learned to take care of myself. I learned to clothe myself because I would use that same money to catch on your local transit. And I would ride out to a mall. I would go there and buy clothes. So even though now I wasn't going to school, even though now it looked like life would throw me a bad hand, in reality, I had learned to take care of myself at a young age. I had learned how to pursue with dreams. So when I was 18 and 19 years old, I was living that dream. Because by the time I was 15 years old, I had my own home. You know what? I moved in with an older guy from a foster home who was a grown man, and his relationship fell apart, and he moved back out. But what I did, I took over. I just started paying the rent. I just made sure rent was always to the landlord, so he never came to see who was actually living there. If he did come by occasionally, then I would say he would just go, and he'd have to rent money for him. So see, there you go. I live in a middle-class suburban neighborhood, taking care of myself, Feeding myself. Time I was 16, I was working a third shift at a restaurant as a cook and as a dishwasher. I was going to college, which I wasn't really successful, but I wanted to achieve my GED. And how I got to that part was I went to the Peoria County Courthouse. And when I went there, I just wanted to have that GED because all the people I had grew up with, they all were graduating in 1985. Then I started seeing in life things separating, which was me from them. They were now doing things, and I didn't fit in anymore. So I went down there, and I took my GED. And the funny thing is I had taught myself by reading all those books. That's why I reiterate this to you. I had made myself smart. I had made myself very analytical because life had taught me that I had to think for myself. I had to go out there and get it for myself. I scored the highest record for scoring in that class, I was the first one done. 
I remember the instructor at that Peoria County Courthouse came out and started patting me on my shoulder and said, did you give up? You walked out of there way quicker than everybody else. I'm sorry. They got classes that you can take that would help you get there. I said, no, I blew that test up. They kind of looked at me like, yeah, right. They was humoring me. And it was funny because they came back to me a few hours later. They said, wow, we just scored all the grades. And you got the highest score in this whole entire class. How did you do that out of 100 people? And you know what? It's because that time when I was spending there grounded by that mean, abusive father, I read countless books. I taught my own self how to get ahead in life. But I didn't know that's what I was doing at the time. I just was using that path a road of success that God had predestined for me. I believe we all have a predestined path. We just have to follow it. A side note, sometimes we'll see our friend and we haven't seen them in years and they'll tell you they're a CEO at a business. They'll tell you that, oh, they went and did this in school. They'll be have a brand new car. You may either not have a car or you may have a beater. And you'd be thinking like, man, life did me wrong. This is all my parents' fault. This is all life's fault. I didn't do anything to deserve this. So on that road of success, you can blame others, you can blame circumstances, or you can do what us winners do. You can live with the hand that's dealt to you and do your best with it. Because if you follow that path, you will become a success. So... Success isn't always, as I would say, about money. Success is looking in the mirror and liking who you are. It's leaving a legacy of a real man, of a real human being, who no matter what happens to them in life, they do the right thing. Because eventually, there's the saying, the way you raise a child, they will not depart from it. And unfortunately, I was raised by the streets, so I didn't have that to fall back on. But along the way, God planted seeds. He planted good people who did teach me a moral compass, who gave me a value system, like I said, where I shook hands, where I introduced myself, where I was charming, even though inside I was hurting. I was feeling so bad inside. I just didn't know what to do. But I never wore my heart on my sleeve. I cried in secret. I cried in, I cried in those basins. I cried in those those cars that I found open in 78, 79, that I stopped in the back seat of, knowing that as soon as daylight hit, I had to get up and get out of that car. Man, I was walking on the streets opening garbage dumpsters, eating garbage out of, out of other people's garbage dumps they throw away. I was throwing up sometimes so sick from the bile, from the chemicals I eat. I had ingested from eating that bad food. But you know what? I still slung the newspapers. I still cut that grass. I walked down prestigious neighborhood, asked them, hey, is there any way I can do any kind of work at your home? And you know what? Sometimes just because they saw a young kid out there trying so hard, other sometimes God had, other reasons sometimes God had just planned those people along that road of success, I would paint their kids jungle. Their kids jungle gyms. I should have had a jungle gym when I was 11 years old, when I was 12 years old. But you know what? I didn't feel sorry for myself. I was glad to make that money. And the friends that I were hanging around with, they thought I was rich Mr. Moneybags. They didn't realize I didn't have no home to go back to at the end of the night. They didn't realize when I was walking down the street, I could see them in their kitchen drinking their hot cocoa, eating their marshmallows, watching their favorite sitcom programs. I was waiting for them to go to sleep because one of the uh, childhood friends, he actually would leave his father's door open, and I would go and sleep in that car every night, every now and then. He sneaked me out a sandwich. And tell me how great of a favor he was doing for giving me some food. 
and I was extremely grateful. I was like, well, thank you so much. But as I got older, I realized his parents knew I was out there living in that cold and that inhumane conditions, and he realized it too. So instead of giving me a sandwich, they should have been finding me help. But, you know, I could have felt sorry about that is why I brought that up. But I appreciated life for where I was at, and I dealt with it. And as time went on, all this came into play because I would never forget a few years ago, I'd say this is 2020. I would say back in 2013 or 14, I got a phone call from somebody. They said, you know what? This guy, he died of a drug overdose. This guy came from a prestigious pastor where they both worked these highfalutin jobs at these factories where they were making over $100,000 a year. Me, I was a kid who slung papers, who cut grass, who went on about the fanciest, most innovating style clothes, ordered shoes out of magazines. Everybody thought I was doing good, but no. On my hashtag, Road of Success, I learned to be independent and to take care of myself. You know how many nights I went to bed crying? Oh, not to bed, excuse me. I laid in the back of somebody's garage on top of some hay, climbed into a doghouse with a dog sleeping in there, trying to get out of that cold, bitter, sub-zero temperature. It made me, it made me the man that I am. Because I'll tell you, by the time I turned 19, I was knocking on pros in all the gyms across the country. And you know what? I had such a great reputation for myself. But again, life is about choices. My hashtag, Road to Success, I wanted what everybody else had. I wanted that family. I wanted all that. So I drowned all that out, that pain, because I felt like I didn't have the right treatment. Life wasn't doing me right. Even though I was still alive, even though I was self-sufficient, even though I had obtained my own home when I was 15 years old, was living by myself, I still felt lonely inside. That loneliness that was eating me up. Because on my road to success, I didn't understand that. My predestined plan was for me to be independent because my life was meant to be that way. So this segment right here, I wanted to tell you that on your road to success, don't feel ate up by what other people got. Don't sit there and let that dictate and force you into the worlds of drugs and alcohol, you know, illicit affairs and unprotected sex and getting random women pregnant because I was chasing a family. So I ended up getting five different women pregnant up until date and having 10 kids out of wedlock. And I followed the pattern of my father, not the abuse part, but the not bonding with my kids and developing a relationship with my kids. Because all that pain and hurt that I had inside, I had no business having a family at that time. I had no business because I was projecting a hurt onto other people. But on my road to success, these are all the lessons that I had to learn. These are all the things that I had to deal with. And unfortunately, the people in my life, they had to deal with them too because they had no idea. They were dealing with damaged goods. Yes, let me say that again. I am and I was damaged goods. Now I learned to take control of that. I learned to think things through. And on this hashtag, Road to Success, I'm going to continue to share these personal stories, just not of mine, but of other people. So when you think, man, I'm supposed to be farther ahead than what I was. Billy Bob, he has a world 
But you know what? You don't know if Billy Bob really got the world by the balls. You don't know, like me, you don't know just because that man got on that flashy satin suit with sequins and white shoes laced up and he's dancing around and he's throwing on fast punches and everybody's screaming his name. You don't know if in the night he's the most loneliest man in the world, that he has to cry himself to sleep every night. But life will put you in your path and it will give you the strength to go on. It will give you strength to make the right decisions. See, life is not about making a, a bad decision and beating yourself up. Boo-hoo-hoo. Life is about picking yourself back up and following through on your path. And you know what? Lesson learned. Them hard lessons is what mold us into who we are today. Hashtag road to success. It is not an easy journey, but it is your journey. So don't sit back and worry about what somebody else has in store for them. Don't worry about why they got the world and you didn't get it. You did get a world. You are making a difference, but you got to follow the path. And I believe in God deeply. And I believe that I went through all that because God was honing me, honing me for the mission that was in front of me. We always wonder, what is our destiny? I'm not sure what our destiny is, but I can tell you one thing for sure. He made me the man that I am. I'll tell you, it's like a black piece of coal left in a cave. Nobody else walks in by and sees it of any value. But thousands of years, it's compressed through all kind of conditions. Then another person, hey, there's something shiny in that dirt. They pick all the dirt and walk it out. And it is a 17-carat princess cut diamond, the most beautiful thing and rare you will ever find in the world. But it had to go through all those thousands of years of compression, all the weather conditions, all the time when somebody stomped and overlooked it. Well, that's how we are on our hashtag road to success. Our time isn't necessarily our time, it's in God's time. If God's time, he will lift you up and you will be that princess cut diamond, so rare. And I'll tell you, all those things that I accomplished along the line, winning all those spelling bees across the, the state, it wasn't just a normal winning. I had people writing me letters from all over the state, people I never met, telling me how they looked at me and how they just admired me. I didn't know why, because God had given me something special. He had given me a photographic memory where when I read something and when I learned something, it stuck in my memory. See, on my hashtag road to success, there's people on the outside wishing they could be me. I didn't want to be me. But in reality, being me is who I was destined to be. So on your hashtag road to success, embrace your dream. Embrace your gifts. Because we all are gifted with not one, not two, but multiple gifts. But we have to recognize them. Spend some time learning who you yourself are. Excel at what you're doing. And you know what? It's a lot of hard work that goes into perfecting yourself because just because that diamond was a diamond, it still had to go through a lot of stuff to go from coal into a diamond. So I'm not going to hold you guys forever on just this one segment because I have so much more I want to give back to you, so much more that I want to empower you with, that I want to generate you so you can step up and you got energy and you got to have that fond sway to reach farther inside yourself, to accomplish your goals, your dreams. And if you have children, your children are going to follow behind you because they're going to realize whatever is against you, you use it for you.
what my boxing coach always said to me, I don't want to make you just not a champion in the ring. I want to make you a champion in life. And on that note, something he always said, long as you have one breath in your body, you fight. So I hope you enjoyed a personal recounting of what it takes to become a champion. I'll get you the hard part right now. So you realize none of us has it easy. It just looks good on outside. But through all that, I got where I'm at now. Where I'm at now, I wake up every day a man on a mission. I wake up every day. I have made a name for myself all over the world. I have gotten emails, even recently, from people way over in Ghana and Nigeria and Saudi Arabia wanting to know me because they had heard my broadcast. They like that strength and motivation. I just got to reach somebody just reached out to me the other day. They was going to a record event they had never been to because they are hip-hop artists. There's going to be 60,000-plus people at it. They wonder if there's any way I can meet them down there to encourage them. Imagine, me encourage them. But you know what? That was one of them gifts that God gave me because I now give back. Success is wanting to give back and giving back. They wanted me to come down there to sit with them, to encourage them, to push them on because I interviewed celebrities. They're one of my past interviewees that I had entertained. And at the end of that broadcast, I told them, I said, don't count on anybody. You count on yourself. You reach inside yourself. I said, and you, and you work hard 24 hours a day, 365 days a week. As you eat, you sleep that dream. And on that note, it's always on that road to success. I'm going to say it till you know it from your heart. All gas and no brakes and turn up.